Welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, the host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves Horoscope here with a new edition of StarCast for the evening of Thursday, May 19th, 2022. Welcome wherever you may be in the world or in your state of mind. In this edition, I'm going to cover two things, mainly the movement of the moon through the weekend and the movement of the sun and Mercury through the weekend. Uh, Since we are right upon the sign change of the sun, we uh, begin the Gemini mini-season. And then, of course, just uh, always helps to have a sense of what the moon is doing. So let's start with the moon and then move on to the sun and its best friend, Mercury. As of this recording, uh, the moon is in mid-Capricorn. Let's see, it's in that's at 20 degrees of Capricorn, so kind of <clears throat> on the far side of mid-Capricorn. And the next, well, it's going to make a few more aspects in Capricorn. Uh, for example, it's just come out of a square to Venus. It's heading into a square to Eris in Aries. That happens overnight. And then the last thing the moon does before it uh, before it leaves Capricorn is it forms a conjunction to Pluto and then uh, a trine to the sun. So it's kind of a smooth, well, the, the, the moon Pluto may be intense uh, overnight, uh, deep, individual, solitary, Uh, moon Pluto can be a little bit lonely and or brooding. Uh, Don't take that too seriously. That gives way quickly as the uh, the conjunction ends and then the moon enters a trine to the void of course sun. Void of course, uh, meaning that the sun is done making all aspects in Taurus. Uh, the, The sun's last aspect is, of course, the trine to Pluto, so that's um, is that, is that actually true? Yeah, that is actually true, so far as I can tell. Um, and uh, and and by the way, it has been an interesting few days. I'm completely leaving the topic, but not the chart uh, of the Moon conjunct Neptune. I wonder what that's been like for you. Uh, it it is a bit lunar. It is a bit Moon conjunct Pluto. That uh, has a similar feeling, though uh, the the Moon and Neptune. Are uh, they're they're volatile and uh, and let's say um, um, changeable. There's a there's a depth and a, a kind of more volatility to that moon conjunct Neptune. Uh, that was exact most of the day on all the day on on Wednesday. So um, just putting a question mark on there if you feel like writing to me and telling me uh, what your Wednesday was like. Anyway. Um, Returning to my original topic, the moon makes a conjunction to Pluto. That takes place Friday at 6.23 a.m. All times in this podcast are in Eastern time. Please do the correction for your time zone. Uh, And then uh, about two hours later at 8.42 a.m., the moon enters Aquarius. So there'll be a moon void uh, early Friday morning. Uh, If you get off to a bad start, just start over again, like if you're not in the right mood or you are running late or whatever. Uh, And so bear in mind, uh, these moon voids are important. This seems to be something that's going to affect people on the West Coast more, uh, sorry, East Coast, uh, East West, what's the difference? On the East Coast more uh, because it's happening in that time frame between 
get up and go to work. I don't know who goes to work anymore. Someone must. So there's this kind of foggy zone on Friday morning between about 623 and uh, and 842. Beware of that. Things can turn out unexpected. You might get sidetracked. You may uh, run late for some reason. Uh, you, you may not feel like doing things. Uh, just keep your focus. And um, if you can, take advantage of it. Moon voids are awesome for just hanging out with yourself and uh, letting go of expectations. Okay, so um, the the moon is in Aquarius through most of the weekend, making uh, aspects to planets in, in that sign, uh, That and, and, and lots of other ones. Um, th- there are plenty of things working in harmony with Aquarius and some things that are a little bit bumpy. So over the weekend, for example, the moon uh, will make a uh, sextile to Jupiter. That That's fairly friendly. That's kind of like uh, exciting opportunities, those taking place on uh, Friday morning Eastern. And then uh, then through the through the later part of the day and overnight, Friday into Saturday, the moon makes a square to Uranus. So that can be a, a little bit unpredictable and uh, pleasantly so on a uh, on, on a Friday night. Just uh, you know, be as responsible as you feel like you need to be with that moon square Uranus aspect going on. Uh, and then uh, what's the last thing that happens? Ah, the moon makes a conjunction to Saturn in Aquarius. So that that either depending on your philosophy of astrology either places a serious cast some would say depressive uh, but in Aquarius not so much but anyway some would say depressive some would say serious I would say that um, that Saturday late in the day into Sunday is a good time for doing business related things so uh, for example uh, uh, I, I've got a business-related mailing for Planet Waves that uh, I, I want to release sometime over the weekend. I'm going to do that on Sunday morning or Saturday night, whenever that uh, whenever that conjunction is exact. Let's find out when that is. So, uh, and by the way, I use a fair amount of electional astrology. I'm not obsessed by it. Um, I'm not uh, the kind of person who uses GPS a lot either. Uh, however. Um, I do think it's good to just basically know which way that the tide is flowing. And that conjunction of the moon and Saturn uh, takes place at 3.19 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on the, on the 22nd. The 22nd is Sunday morning, so that's early Sunday morning Eastern uh, for what it is worth. And then uh, the moon will get to Vesta. A few hours later, about eight hours later, so that's early Sunday morning Eastern. And this um, Moon-Vesta conjunction takes place in the last degree of Aquarius. Uh, That is my personal favorite degree of the entire zodiac. Uh, I think it's one of the more, uh, let's say, spiritually evolved and kind of revelationary Type of uh, of of degrees. It's it's the it's the degree in the Sabian symbol, which is the soul emerging from its passage, and f- then therefore it it finds its soul group and all of that. Uh, the, it is the it is the uh, degree 
in the Sabian symbols, kind of for which the whole thing is named. It's, it's some image, the very ancient Brotherhood degree. Check it out. Uh, it's at 30 Aquarius. Now, what's what what's cool about 30 Aquarius is it's opposite 30 Leo. That's my other favorite of the Sabian symbols, which is the unsealed letter. Someday I'm going to write a novel called An Unsealed Letter. And, and this is the... Uh, the mundane version of that, right? The the thirtieth degree of Aquarius is taking place on some kind of uh, abstract astral level uh, where the soul has presence, but the physical body doesn't seem to be there. Thirty Leo, the physical body is not there either, but evidence of its previously having been there exists in the form of. An unsealed letter. So whenever I think of an unsealed letter, I think of like imagine like a desk that's been stored up in an attic, and you, for some reason you you know it's an unfamiliar place, in somebody's home or an old home or an estate. You're looking around, and you go up in the attic, and uh, there's a desk up there, and you open up a drawer, and in this drawer is this um, envelope with a letter in it, and. Um, the the seal is broken, and so it's okay if you look inside uh, because you're not, uh, you know, you're not like violating someone's property uh, privacy. Presumably, it's unsealed, and the overall message of that is that well, eventually everything is found out. Now, this makes some people very nervous. It makes some people happy. It's liberating for some. It's terrifying for others, the types who um, burn all their diaries before they die or leave instructions to do so, whenever that. So so anyway, the unsealed letter is opposite the soul emerging and finding its soul group. It's a fascinating pair of, uh, of Sabian symbols, opposite degrees, 30 Leo, 30 Aquarius. Okay, so then uh, Sunday, the, uh, the sun enters. Oh, that Moon-Vesta conjunction is really interesting. You've heard... Perhaps uh, my my talks about Vesta and its um, uh, concept of the sacred fire and holding space for people's process, getting out of the way and uh, kind of uh, help helping them by holding space open uh, to be who and what they are, and to move on to be who and what they are. All right, let's talk about this. Oh, wait. <laughs> the moon enters Pisces. It's been a long couple of days. The moon enters Pisces at 11.49 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and that's um, uh, hopefully a relaxing, if sensitive, day. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a look at the sun. Now, the sun, I can't believe I've gone on for 10 minutes talking about the, the moon with a couple of sidetracks, but uh, what the heck. Um, so, what is interesting about this moment is, apart from the the Sun-Pluto trine in the very late degrees of the Earth signs, is that, uh, that Mercury is moving retrograde in Gemini, its domicile, the sign that it rules, and the Sun is moving in direct motion, which it always does, uh, in late Taurus. And so... The, the next thing that happens w- regarding the sun is it separates from this trine to Pluto overnight tonight. It goes void, of course, most of the day on Friday. So those are interesting days. Sun voids overnight, fri- overnight Thursday to Friday Eastern is sun void. And sun voids are, I think, really, really interesting times. They're, they're, it's almost like a, a crack between the dimensions opens up and something unusual can happen or enter. Uh, and this can be 
taken advantage of. So this ends when the sun enters Gemini Friday at 9.22 p.m. Eastern. But the very first thing that happens after the sun enters Gemini uh, is that apart from any other aspects it may be making, which include like a beautiful sextile to Jupiter. That's lovely. That's beneficial and helpful and supportive. And you should have some traction for whatever business plans you may have or social plans on Saturday is, is that the sun enters Gemini and then forms the interior conjunction of the sun and Mercury in the first degree of Gemini. Uh, this is really interesting. We could talk about what what that means um, and and how to how to suss out what it means um, and so retrogrades are a hard thing to read for a lot of uh, young astrologers they're perplexing even for some advanced astrologers and you need to work with a few different theories of what a retrograde is and what it means and how it works with different planets I find that they're they're more significant with inner planets than with outer planets since outer planets are retrograde so much of the time. They're still meaningful, but with inner planets, well, it's a somewhat rare phenomenon. And it means that this type of planet, which is very accessible and immediate in consciousness, right? The, the visible planets are about normal waking consciousness. But when you make one of them retrograde or more, but you make one of them retrograde, it's in a different condition. So the first thing you look at is different. Like, oh, what is this? Like, what's, what is different about this? Um, and with, you could say a lot of things, references to the past, and you could say that it's got um, a a kind of uh, subdued quality. But when we're talking about Mercury and Gemini, this really enhances the concept of the inner dialogue and the uh, the secret language of twins. I mean, I love this concept, and and I'm I'm probably the astrologer who holds the world record for using the word idioglossia in the horoscope column. <laughs> in fact, if the word idioglossia has ever been used in a horoscope column, and you can show me that, besides my own, I will gift you a galaxy pass to planet waves. Idioglossia, it's the secret language of twins or siblings around the same developmental stage. They develop a language that has things like syntax, and it's not merely baby talk. They know what they are saying to each other. And you can look up Google uh, YouTube videos of this, uh, and it's fantastic to watch kids chattering away. And they're, they're just like you and your friend talking, but they're a year and a half years old, and you, you don't know what the hell they're saying, but they, they usually are perfectly gleeful speaking in their secret language. Uh, and then this goes away. I, I really should read a book on this subject. I, I love it so much. Okay, so the sun forms its interior conjunction to Mercury on Saturday. Let's get a fix on exactly when that is. I've got, I've got a time written down for everything except that. It just says Saturday. So let's trying to be more organized doing these and looking up the things I'm likely to talk about before I click the button. Okay, the the uh, the Sun Mercury retrograde conjunction takes place May twenty first. That's on Saturday at three seventeen p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Now, uh, among the things I also really love in astrology is the interior conjunction of the Sun and Mercury. It's like this glorious moment right in the middle of Mercury retrograde, and all kinds of interesting things can happen. My favorite of all time was when the outgoing governor of Illinois, 
one day, right during a Sun-Mercury conjunction, freed everyone on death row. In other words, he commuted their death sentence and ended the death penalty in Illinois. So uh, I watch the news. I watch a lot of mundane type of astrology. So I see these kind of things go by, and I think that it's a cool thing. And therefore, pay attention, take advantage of it, stay positive. It's almost like a day off for Mercury retrograde. Uh, that happens at 3.17.50, so 3.18 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Saturday. Okay, so then, then the next thing that happens is that Mercury retrogrades into Taurus. That's where the retrograde ends. Um, and let's, let's go to um, that. So let's see, position, Mercury, is it? No, I can't do 30. Pardon me while I work this out. There are 29.59. Mercury is at, not in July. <laughs> okay, we'll skip the time. Mercury retrogrades once you're into July. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> it's going to take a while to sort that out. Um, so anyway, Mercury retrogrades into Taurus on Sunday. And it then starts to slow down, uh, and then the stationary direct happens on June 3rd. So um, Mercury retrograde, chilling out a little bit for a while, and then it slows down. Then it gets stormy again. Uh, that's you know a, a few days before the stationary direct, turns direct, and then um, it uh, begins to head back toward Gemini. I don't know when it gets there. It's going to be a little while. It'll be probably a week and a half after uh, June 3rd, a little bit before the summer solstice or the, let's say, what is it? The northern solstice. We don't want to discriminate against uh, Australians or Kiwis. All right. So that is uh, what I have to say to you tonight. If you're on the Planet Waves mailing list, you uh, should have received uh, an email with the new edition. Um, you can get on that list by just uh, going to any Planet Waves page and typing your email address into that little teeny form that drops down at the top of the page, and then we'll move you on to the, uh, the to the general Planet Waves mailing list that uh, gets you interesting stuff. Although uh, horoscopes remain a subscriber service. Um, and let's see what else. Ah, one other announcement. If you go to planetwaves.net front page, you will see that we have tabs for the 12 signs. There are awesome resources for the 12 signs off of the front page of Planet Waves. I've also added a sex section where I'm going to be essaying and providing resources from the ridiculously abundant set of um pretty much a library of, uh, of, of sex education resources I've created over the past 20 years, editing and writing Planet Waves. And I've added a Chiron tab up there also. So I've got uh, an equally ridiculous amount of material about Chiron. And little by little, late at night, I'll work on that and add a couple of things here and a couple of things there, and it'll grow. And if you have suggestions, please do uh, let me know if you've got a favorite article about Chiron, if you've got a favorite article from my sex library. One called The One and the Many comes to mind. We'll see if I can uh, find that somewhere. Okay, so then what else? Uh, the mid-year reading is underway. If you subscribe for a full year, you get that included. And I guess that's all I'm going to say tonight. Ah, one last thing. 
Platterwaves FM. I'm going to do that. That's going to be exclusively Tantra Studio. This is this is a, a, a weak pause, but I have also promised to do Tantra Studio commemorating Masturbation Month all through the month of May. So there's two more of those. One will come out on Friday. And this is a special uh, thing I'm going to try on uh, on, on this coming uh, edition on Friday night. I've, um, I'm going to focus exclusively on telling the stories of photographs from the, the Book of Blue photos. So for many years, I did a photo project called Book of Blue. Um, it had uh, studios in um, Paris and Brussels and New York and then did remote sessions in London and Amsterdam. And I basically traveled around the world, North America and Canada and all that, uh, photographing mostly women in in mirrors and setting up photo sessions with me in them uh, with with other models, photographing the the mirrors themselves. And uh, I've chosen about seven of these photos, and I'm going to uh, once again unpack my theory of self-centered sexuality um, and how you know you you are the center of your reality, and therefore you are the center of your relationships and of your sexual reality. And we're going to do this uh, in a series of seven or eight photographs uh, that we're um, putting on a special website, not safe for work. So it'll say that in bold type. Uh, that'll that that will go up sometime on Friday, probably uh, a bit earlier, because I'm. Looking to uh, wrap up the day early on uh, on Friday and have a uh, rare Friday night off. All right, so, uh, but there will be a juicy edition of Tantra Studio on PlanetWaves.fm. Okay, that's all. That's really all I have to say to you on this lovely uh, Thursday evening here in New York on a positively gorgeous spring. Evening, you know where to find me, EFC at planetwaves.net. Write to me. I, I do some personal consulting work. I, I like the tricky, challenging cases. Artists looking to completely reinvent their careers, forensic cases, and uh, that type of thing. All right, signing off for now with love. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>